You're listening to the Million Praying Moms podcast, where we believe every mom is uniquely designed by God, but also a part of something much bigger than she could ever be alone. We're authors and moms, Erin Mooring and Brooke McLaughlin, and we're here to help you make prayer your first and best response to the challenges of parenting. Tune in each week to real life conversations with the experts about real issues Christian parents face today. If you're ready to learn practical ways to focus on Christ as you seek wisdom and hope for the difficult job of raising children in today's world, you're in the right place. Let's dive in. Hey there, friends. You're listening to episode number 36 of the Million Praying Moms podcast, where each week we're talking about the real issues Christian parents face today. On today's episode, Brooke and I, along with Million Praying Moms Girl Mom Content Coordinator, Terry Lynn Underwood, are having a fun chat about choosing a verse to pray over yourself and your family for 2020. Terry Lynn, welcome back. Hey, I'm so glad to be here. Thanks for having me. We're excited to have you too. So you guys, we normally have like a little bit more of an introduction before we get started with the official topic, but we just thought we're just going to treat Terry Lynn like she's part of the the staff, right? Like she's part she of the is. podcast. Yeah. She is. So, right. so she's getting the special treatment this morning and we're going to just dive in from um, the very beginning. So we're excited to talk about this subject of choosing a verse to pray. But before we do that, let's talk a little bit about what most of the world does. And that is that they choose a word to pray, right? Yes, I think most of the world does do that, but I love the idea of a verse, Brooke. Yes, I do too. So you guys know that I don't normally choose a word for the year. It's it's not that I have anything against people who choose a word for the year. I actually really like it. I just started doing something different years ago and and have fallen in love with choosing a verse or a passage from the Bible to pray over myself and my family for the new year. So that's what we're going to talk about today um, on the show. But um, an interesting thing is that even though I have not intentionally chosen a word for the year, for the last few years, a word has chosen me. Okay. Can you please (laughs) explain that a little bit more? (laughs) Yes. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) So it's really not spiritual or anything. It's just that for the last few years, as I came to the close of one year and, you know, was preparing for the next year, a word or a phrase would keep presenting itself to me over and over again. So for example, I might read a devotion and be really struck by a certain word that just seems to, you know, leap off the page, rich with meaning for me, or then I might start seeing that word uh, every day or multiple times a day, or it just keeps like coming into my head mul- multiple times, kind of nonstop. And that's how I know that God's trying to get my attention and a word has kind of chosen me. Does that make sense? Yeah, that that makes a lot more sense. And you know, for me that I am a word of the year person, like that is something that seems to stick really well with me. And for me, the process looks a little bit more like sitting down and reflecting on the past year and like where I have wanted to see more growth or where I have wanted to see things shift in some way. And also looking at my goals for the next year, what what's going to be going on in our family and our home, just kind of you know, taking assessment of the past year and the year to come. And um, through that process, 
a word comes to me. And so um, there's lots of prayer involved with that as well. Um, and I can kind of relate to the word choosing you thing, but mine just comes in a different way. I feel like it comes from um, evaluating where life has been and what it's been like and where it, where it's going or what what I need to see, um, not necessarily change in myself, but maybe where my focus needs to shift in order to make the next year reflect what I think God has for me. I think I'm more like kind of both of you. Is that possible? Of course. Yeah, totally. Um, I think it is. So I usually am looking at a place in my life where I feel like I have not seen God move the way I would have hoped that he would move. Or it's some priority that I feel like in the last part of, you know, the current year, maybe God is revealing to me that, that I haven't given attention to a certain place. And so, um, like last year or this year, I guess, um, in 2019, my word was wonder, which is kind of a weird, it felt like a weird word. And when I would share that with people, they would look at me like cross-eyed or whatever. And, but it was that same thing, Brooke, it just kept coming up over and over and over. And it was in devotions or things that I'd read a hundred times before. And I'd never even noticed that word. And I realized that I had been so busy in 2018, like just checking things off the list, making the goals and doing it, that I had failed to stop and look around. And so for me, it kind of is like that meshing of all of those things and how God uses all these different avenues for all of us, I think, to communicate something that he wants us to pay close attention to. Yeah, absolutely. I love that God does this different ways for different people and that, um, you know, some of us are looking more backward and some of us are looking more forward. And that's just really cool how that, that works. So my, um, my word, if you will, is actually more of a phrase. Um, if you have to boil it down to just a word, then the word would probably be mission. But my 2020 phrase that I've got written down everywhere so far is stay on mission. And I really just felt like the Lord was um, trying to help me not be distracted by so many shiny things um, or, or even important things or good things, but things that weren't my specific mission. I feel like I'm probably, you know, at 41, you know, going into, um, I'll be 42 in a couple months, uh, going into that 42nd year of life. I feel like I'm more sure of what my mission is in life than I ever have been. And I, I hope I'll be even more sure of it as I get older, but I feel like I know what God's called me to do, but I'm very easily distracted by shiny things, good things, um, you know, new things that really aren't bad in any way. They're not sinful in any way, but they aren't part of what God has called me to do specifically in, in this season. So throughout all of those chances that I think I've had in 2019 to stray away, I've felt God leading me to stay on mission over and over again. Um, I even actually had, so this is another way that you can know what God's telling you to do. I actually had a, a few close friends lovingly remind me over the year that I needed to stay on mission and say to me, you know, I don't think this thing that you're saying or that you're doing is bad, but I don't think this is what you've told me God is calling you to do. So if it's not, then you need to step back and, and move away. You don't have to do everything. You just have to do what God's called you to do. So it's pretty clear to me that God was trying to get my attention. And I actually haven't chosen 
a verse to go with that yet. I'm, I've got the word. And normally what I do is let the word inform the verse for me of what I'm going to be praying over myself and over my family. So I'll be praying that whole thing for my family that we all can stay on mission in 2020. I love that, Brooke. Um, my word for 2020 is small. Mm. Um, I just realized um, over the last few years, and, and even with some circumstances going on in our family right now, that I have felt drawn very much to this idea of being very present with the people that I can see and touch every day. And it's so easy. You all know this. When we do ministry online, it's so easy for the I say like the avatars and the thumbnails in our computer to become the people that get the best of us. And I realized that especially with um, dealing with Scott's mom's cancer and those kind of things that I wanted to be very present and I wanted to kind of pare down a lot of things. And so my verse that God has just led me to in that is Nehemiah 6, 3, which is I'm doing an important work and cannot come down. Why should the work cease? Like, I just feel like God is saying to me, you stay focused on these things that, that look small and watch what I will do, you know, cause that's, what Nehemiah was doing. And I've just spent a lot of time in Nehemiah this year. And so I feel like that's where God has led me is to just embrace this smaller um, line of vision, I guess. And it's a gift because I feel like, and you all relate to this for years, (laughs) I feel like I've had this big, wide range of visions you know, doing so many things and even in, in ministry in my local church, because I serve, you know, my husband's a pastor on staff at a church. And so we are always doing big, it feels like big things. And this gift, I feel like God's given me of saying, I want you to go small this year and go deep is it feels very precious to me right now. Yeah. I actually love that because I'm going to piggyback right off you and say, my word for 2020 is present. Um, and it's, it's very similar. Um, I feel like, um, through 2019, uh, the way I handled stressful situations was by kind of checking out and zoning out and doing mindless things and not really being present in whatever I needed to be doing or not really being present, uh, when our family was all together or not really being present in a lot of things. And, um, and I miss that. You know, it kind of goes along with the wonder thing that you said, just noticing what's going on around you and, and really enjoying um, the here and now and, and the things that are happening right in front of me. And um, so the, pre- the word present for me has a bunch of different meanings, but one of them is just being present with whoever I'm with at that moment. Um, another one is being present in my work so that when there is stuff that needs to be done, because we can't avoid that, right? Like we can't just put our to-do lists away because we want to be present in the fun things of life. Um, But just really being present and focused in when those things need to be done. You know, like I have the privilege of working from home while my kids are at school. So being present in the things that need to be done while they're not here so I can be present when they are home. It's, you know, kind of that twofold thing. And then um, we recently had a guest that we were talking about um, something totally unrelated, but the word present came up in that conversation as well. And it just was kind of God reminding me to be present with him and, and to notice 
him being present in my everyday life. And so it's kind of taken on this threefold, you know, meaning to me now. Um, and I'm just really thankful for that. And like Brooke, I have not, as of recording this, I have not picked a verse to go along with it. That's usually how I do it as well, that I want the verse to support the word and to keep me focused on where God has me headed. But, um, but that word presence is going to be my challenge for the year in 2020. All right. I love hearing all of our ideas, um, but we want to focus in today on um, the scripture part of it. So today's episode is brought to you by our five-day challenge, Define Your Verse of the Year. Several years ago, Brooke wrote a step-by-step email series detailing exactly how she chooses her verse to pray for herself and her family as she looks forward to a new year. If you're ready to experience the power of praying scripture over your family long-term, Watching as God weaves the truth of his word through your hearts for an entire year, define your verse of the year might be just what you need. And I love that all you have to do to get signed up for this challenge is visit www.verseoftheyear.com. I can't think of a better way to kick off a new year than deliberately praying God's word. So go to verseoftheyear.com and learn how to choose a verse or passage to pray for your family this year. Or as always, you can find all the links mentioned today in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. For today's episode, we thought it would be fun to highlight seven reasons you should be praying scripture. So we're talking about specifically praying scripture here, not just praying, which is always a good thing to do, but specifically why you should be praying scripture for yourself and your family. So let's dive in. Okay, well, I get to start, and my, I love this because it's my favorite reason, and I also tell people all the time because I feel like I'm a prayer failure. That's why I pray scripture, and I love that the example of scripture is to pray scripture. So that is really God's intention for us. It's such a great gift, and I was this morning as I was getting ready for this, I thought, where are some examples that we can find that? And of course, if you have, if you did Psalms with us this summer um, in the Pray the Word journal, then you know that there are so many examples in the Psalms of where David and other writers prayed scripture um, from the history of Israel back to God. But also in the New Testament, we see where Jesus said specific things that were recorded in the prophecy, the books of prophecy. He repeated those as he was on the cross. And then I was looking at the epistles this morning and discovered a few verses that are very familiar to us that came straight from the Old Testament. So 1 Peter 4, 8 is one of them. And it says, let me get it here. Above all, maintain constant love for one another since love covers a multitude of sins. Well, we all have heard that, but it comes from Proverbs chapter 10, verse 12. And so another example is in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Verse 31 says, in order that as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And that comes from Jeremiah 9, 24. So when we pray scripture, it's not the only way we pray, but it's a great way to make sure that we're modeling the example of scripture and also that we are keeping the word of God in front of us, which helps our prayer stay focused. So I love that to pray scripture because scripture teaches us to do it. Yeah, that's such a great example because we are always pointing to the ways that God weaves his word back around, you know, from Old Testament to New Testament and even within the Old Testament. And it's because that is the best model we have. And I love your prayer failure thing. Like, I love that. (laughs) 
Terry Lynn's like, I'm just going to put this out there. Like, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. Guess what? Most of us don't know what we're doing, friends. Okay. Yeah. And, and especially when you don't know what to pray, like it is the perfect example there. That's, that's a beautiful reason to do it. Okay. So second reason, scripture actually tells us to hide God's word in our hearts so we might not sin against him. And this is one of the things we talk to our kids about, about why, why am I memorizing scripture? It's like, well, because of this verse that says that we might not sin against him. But if we are allowing God's word to kind of, you know, simmer and bake or whatever you want, whatever <laughs> food analogy you want to use there um, inside of us, you know, John 15 describes it as abide, you know, letting it abide in us. Um, then naturally what comes out of it will be the good things we've learned from that. And, um, you know, we want to not sin against him, but also the fruit of his word and, and his spirit and all of that inside of us will come out naturally when, when that's what's in our hearts. And, um, one of our favorite things is to sing scripture, like, like there's seeds, family worship and, um, slugs and bugs has, um, singing the Bible and all of those. Like, it's not about how you memorize it. It's not about, um, like sitting down and, and having some kind of method that you do this and ever. It's about how can you get the word of God in your heart when you're praying it, when you're singing it, all of that, it is inside of you and it changes how you react, how you speak, how you act, all of those things to everything. And so we feel like praying scripture is helping it's just another way to hide it in your heart. It's another way to memorize it without, you know, getting too technically involved in, I'm going to memorize this first. Well, just pray it and God's going to set it in your heart. The more you pray it and the more you pray his word and that will help us stray, you know, stay away from sin to, you know, stay connected to him and abide in him in all things. Yeah, I love that. So I had this little analogy that I always tell about why we should hide God's word in our heart. Um, so if you guys have a, if you have a child and you give them a jelly donut and you don't have a plate under it, you just give them the jelly donut and they're sitting at the table getting ready to eat it and they squeeze it, what's going to happen? A big old mess. Yeah, all the yeah. jelly inside of it is going to plop right in their lap, right? That's what's going to happen. We are a lot like jelly donuts is, is what I always tell my kids because what is inside of us is what's going to come out. And when the world squeezes us, which hello motherhood, hello Christmas, right? <laughs> hello everything. Hello yeah. everything. When we get squeezed, what's inside of us is what's going to come out. Just like if there's That's jelly right. inside the jelly donut and the child squeezes it, it's going to come out and plop in their lap. We're just going to plop jelly on everybody around us. But if we are hiding God's word in our heart, then that's what's going to come out when we, when we get squeezed. So I'm that's like, and Aaron, that's so good. That's, that's, that's a fun analogy. My kids would be like, Oh, jelly donut. But I, know, I don't like them either. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but it's a good visual, right? It is. Very, it's a, it's a powerful visual. It is. Yes. Okay. So number three, guys, this one is my very favorite because it's just like a, Ooh, kind of one, like just stop and think about that for a second. God's word is intimately connected to his very nature, like who he is. Jesus said in John chapter one that he is the word, right? Okay. Jesus, imagine an equal sign 
word. Jesus is God's word. The word of God is so very important. So there's something like just extremely powerful in that, in that, um, in that thought where we're not just actually praying words when we pray scripture, we are praying the word. We are praying Jesus when we, uh, when we are praying God's word. I remember one time I got to hear Lisa Turker speak. Um, I don't know. It might've been at that. She speaks that, that you and I were together at Terry Lynn years and years ago, but she was talking about how at one of her conferences, there was a woman there who got a call. <clears throat> I believe she was a grandmother who got a call that all of her grandchildren had been murdered while she was at the conference. And of course, like everything just stopped and everybody was praying and the grandmother was just, you know, kind of laying down and trying to just breathe. She was trying to just breathe while she was there. And Lisa went up to her and she said, I wanted, you know, I knelt down beside her and I laid hands on her and I wanted so much to have the right words to pray and say, but all I could say was Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And she said, I just kept praying Jesus. Jesus over her over and over and over again. And it gives me chills now even to think about it. But guys, when we are praying God's word, we are praying Jesus, Jesus, because Jesus is the word. And I love that one because it's just so powerful. There's something, you know, we, we like to make God and living out God's word very practical, but let's not forget that there is something spectacular and amazing and wonderful and, and even a little bit mysterious about how this God made flesh deal came to be and is. I love that, Brooke. Go Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) I was going to say, I love that Brooke because, um, several years ago, probably like 24, five years ago, Scott and I were doing an event together and we were at a church. It was back when you remember all those banners that people used to hang up in the church and they were like super ornate. And this one, when you looked at it, it said, holy, and it was just beautiful. But we were walking through the sanctuary and we were looking at these banners as we got closer to the one that said, holy underneath it, like where it was kind of superimposed on the fabric and you couldn't see until you got close. It said not to be treated as common or ordinary. And I think sometimes we forget that God's word is holy um, and it's not common and it's not ordinary because it's living and active. And Jesus is our mediator. He is our intercessor. He is our high priest who and goes before God for us. And when we take his word to the father, we go with the power of Jesus alongside us as our intercessor and our great high priest. And I, I just think that's incredibly powerful. So I'm, I'm so glad you shared that one, Brooke. Yeah. I was just going to say that when I'm in a time of distress, the two things that come to my mind to pray, name of Jesus and scripture that I have heard or said or read over and over again. Uh, uh, several years ago, we were driving from one set of parents to another set of parents' house in the middle of an awful snowstorm trying to get there for Christmas. It was usually like an hour and a half or less drive, and it took well over three hours that night, and it was just a complete whiteout. And we had two little kids in the car. Our third hadn't been born yet, and that whole ride, all I could say was just, 
Jesus over and over and over and over again. And, and in my head were running the things that said, do not be afraid, you know, have faith. But all I could say out loud was Jesus. And I know that those two things work together. And I'm not a great flyer. Brooke knows <laughs> we share that in common. But when I'm on a plane and get nervous for some reason, the things that come to mind are scripture for me. Mm -hmm. And there are scriptures, promises from God that I've prayed before a million times. And that's what comes to my mind. And that's what's reassuring to me. And I don't think that's any coincidence that the name of Jesus and scripture are the two things that come to my mind and, mm -hmm. and calm my heart the most when, when there are great needs that I can't even come up with the words to pray for. I, I love that Aaron so much. And it actually leads perfectly, I think into the fourth reason that we pray scripture because not only um, do we pray scripture as a means of calling out to God in our distress or in our weakness or in our sorrow, um, but also we pray God's word back to him as a form of worship and adoration and praise. And we know that he doesn't need to be reminded about what he's promised us, but boy, sometimes we need to be reminded of who we are and what he says about us and what he says about himself and the beautiful gift that we have of being called children of God. And I think when we pray God's word back to him, it, it sets our hearts on truth and it gives us a reason to come before him with just this awe and wonder, I think, that sometimes gets lost in our frenetic modern world. You know, like it just slows me down when I start to pray scripture because I want to, I want to pray it with earnest, um, with an earnest heart and with a deep desire to really embrace the truth of God's word and what he says. Yeah. Think about this. I, how many times have you heard someone be asked to pray out loud and then say, I don't know what to say, you know, like, or maybe they don't say it, but how many times has someone said, I don't like praying out loud because I don't know what to say. And God has given us so many examples in his word of how to worship him, like, like words to describe him, um, things about him to worship, things about him to exalt. Like we don't have to come up with anything. Like what is in his word is enough. Like Stop stressing about what you have to pray. Go to the word because he tells you it's like a script almost, but it's still meaningful. It's not like it means more because you came up with something like his word is the ultimate in, in what to pray and in how to describe him. Sometimes we just cannot come up with the words to adequately describe God, but the word has it for us and we have it right there. And like you said, like, we don't have to think, how do I worship him? Go to the Psalms, go, you know, go right there. If you can't think of what to do or what to say, stop worrying about coming up with something beautiful to, to say and go to the word. And that will uh, lead right into what mine, what the next point is, is praying God's word is like telling your emotions to get back in line. I think sometimes we're, when we're trying to pray for ourselves, we get too wrapped up in the pride, in the, in the, you know, worrying about what we can come up with. Okay. Well, when you are um, hopeless or um, angry or sad, any of those things, like 
you're not going to come up with something on the spot <laughs> that, that is a prayer that you're going to be like, oh, that was brilliant. I thought of that. Praying God's word helps in all of those situations to tell your emotions, I've got this. God's got this. He's got it taken care of. And it's like praying God's word is telling your emotions to get back in line, including the emotions of pride when you want to look like a good prayer. <laughs> like I know, I know that sounds crazy, but we've all been there, right? Like we've all wanted to be like, I, I sound, I sounded good on that prayer, whatever. God's word is like the ultimate for saying no, like we don't need that. And it's also the ultimate for saying that's an enemy, a lie from the enemy. Get that emotion out of there. Um, fear that, I mean, that's a big one for me. Like I wouldn't say I walk around afraid all the time, but I worry quite a bit and that is fear and sometimes doubt and the praying the word of God is kicking those to the curb. It's saying they have no place here. And when you speak or write truths that are found in God's word, it will transform the way you think about the world around you. I mean, it just, it just will. There's no doubt about it. It informs how you understand your circumstances, how you treat others, how you make decisions. And ultimately, praying God's word helps you pray absolute truth. What we come up with on our own is not absolute truth. God's word is. And it's, it's much harder to be swayed by our emotions, whatever they may be, in what we want to pray about any given circumstance if we're sticking to praying God's word. Now, all of that to say, we're not saying that's all you should pray ever, but it's the best starting point, especially when you're in a situation where you can't think clearly and your emotions are all over the place. I love that you said that it's the best starting point. Like, I just really want to say to people, no, we're not saying that scripture is the only thing you should ever pray, but it really is the best thing that you should pray. You really should be praying scripture because of all the reasons that we've outlined so far and because of all the things that we're going to say, there is a power in praying scripture in that it works on behalf of the, the person or circumstance you're praying for. It works in you. It just is amazing, the power of praying scripture. So the next one we've actually touched on, so I'm not going to stick, stick there very long at all, and that is that you really never run out of something to pray when you pray scripture. There's no, there's no reason that you should ever say, I don't know what to pray, because you have a sea of things that you can pray when you pray God's word. And um, I will just tell this quick story. When I first started learning to pray, um, there was a season in my life when my kids were really young, when I really felt like the Lord was specifically teaching me how to pray more effectively. And that's not to say that I'm not still learning how to pray effectively because I am. Every year, I feel like the Lord says to me, let's go a little bit deeper and let's learn a little bit more about prayer. But I began to take, we, the church that we were going to at the time had a dedicated prayer service. And I began to take my Bible with me to the prayer service and I would just open it. We would break up into small groups, two or three people in a group to pray over specific needs of the church or whatever and or specific people. And I would just bring my Bible and sit there in silence for a while. And I would just ask the Lord, what do you want me to pray? Would you bring something to my mind 
um, that you want me to pray. And he, he was so faithful to bring verses to mind or, or just a word that I could then go and look in the concordance to try to find the right verse to pray or whatever. It's not that I, it's not that I had so much scripture memorized that I immediately knew where to go. And, and most of the time when I would have a verse flash into my mind, I had to go to the concordance anyways to try to find, or the table of contents or whatever, to try to find out where it was, but because <laughs> I'm not that great at it, but, um, but it was this powerful, practical purpose or, or, um, tool that I had to be able to, to do that. And it got me in the habit of going first to God's word to learn or to know what to pray. And so, you know, that benefit of never running out of things to pray is just a wonderful one. You know, Aaron, you laughed earlier when I said that I have, I pray scripture cause I'm kind of a prayer failure. And I, I shared this a lot with people that I, especially as a mother, have felt the weight of inadequacy to know how to come before God on behalf of this child that he has so generously given me. And so praying his word became the tool for me to pray with confidence. Like otherwise I wasn't ever sure if I was praying, you know, what was in line with his will. Cause we always kind of add that you know, caveat at the end of a prayer, if it be your will. And I right. <laughs> wanted to be able to pray with confidence mm-hmm. that I was praying God's will. And so as I was, because I teach the Bible, because studying the Bible is second nature to me, and I don't have to, I don't struggle with that. Um, I realized that I could just pray what I was studying and that God would reveal himself in that. And I think that helped me have much more confidence as I prayed for Cassidy, because as I studied passages of scripture, I would see God's character and nature revealed. I would see the character and nature of man revealed and my own flesh heart revealed and know that those things were true about us in general as fallen humans. And so I could pray God's truth and his desire for her much more powerfully, which is really the last point and the last reason why we think it's so important to pray scripture is that when we pray scripture, it helps us understand scripture better, which also helps us understand God and his desire for us and his character and who he is better. And that is only good for us and for our families when we are diligent to spend time in the word and then pray that word with a desire to see God reveal himself more in our lives and the lives of our children. I think that is like the gift of incense. You know, it talks in Revelation about how the prayers of the saints are incense in heaven. That's what's on the altar in heaven. And, you know, as I've studied all of that, I've realized that those are actually intercessory prayers. So this, when we are praying scripture for our children, we are then interceding for them and we become the fragrance of heaven. And I just, I think that's such a beautiful image for us, especially here at Christmas when there's so many smells and so many things that we associate with the holidays, but that we, our prayers and our prayer, praying scripture specifically becomes the fragrance of heaven. What a gift for um, ourselves that we give ourselves that knowledge and then for our children as well. So I have loved this conversation, you guys. Thank you for letting me be a part of it. It is so good. It has been so good. I, I think another little sneaky backdoor reason to, to pray God's word that we've, we've alluded to so many times and exactly what, 
you just said, Terry Lynn, is that it changes us. You said you got more confident um, in your prayers, but truly praying God's word has helped me become the mom I wanted to be when my kids were so young. I wanted to be a mature mom. I wanted to be, I wanted to know what to do and what to say and, and how to pray and how to raise these boys that God's given me to be godly men. As I have spent more time in God's word, praying it back to him over the years, that is exactly who I have become. And again, I'm not I'm not there. I'm still learning and still doing it. But, but as I've intersected with God's word in that way and been that fragrant offering, God has been so kind, so kind to produce fruit in me that has made me into the kind of mom I really wanted to be for my sons. So it's, it's just this amazing gift that we give to God, but he, he never wastes anything that we offer to him. He always gives it back to us and takes our broken and makes it beautiful. That, yeah, that's, that is beautiful. I was just going to say that's beautiful and you're exactly right. All of that is beautiful. And we are really excited to hear what God does in your hearts as you're praying scripture, choosing a verse for your family this year and praying that over them. Um, that is it for today, friends. So as always, you can find any specifics from our show, including how to take the define your verse of the year challenge in our show notes at millionprayingmoms.com. Thanks again to Terry Lynn for joining us and tune in next week for another episode of the million praying moms podcast. Dear heavenly father, thank you for working everything out for my good. Help me trust in your perfect plan. Amen. Father, thank you for loving and caring for me. With Christian prayer meditation, you can pray along to prayers based on specific topics. Go to lifeaudio.com or search your favorite podcast app for Christian prayer meditation. You can also download the Abide app for biblical meditations at abide.com.